traditional healing basically it's um, it's a natural indigenous model of healing people through using traditional medicine indigenous forms of diagnosis introducing indigenous traditional food uh, your substances which includes among others the minerals and 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 every other natural way to bring back life to become a traditional healer you either have to be apprenticed um, into healing into the application of the medicine into the preparation of the medicine and that category of practice is called inyanga which are your herbalists which are the equivalent of pharmacists and then you've got your initiated practitioners who receive the calling and more those i mean obviously they are called to healing and have the ability to diagnose you know different from a a practice a practice practitioner who is normally not able to to diagnose but often time for diagnosis they rely on on initiated practitioners which are the sangoba those ones you always see that is through the the wearing of the red ochre it's either the red ochre it's either the the black ochre and those ones are called isangoma and and they have to be trained with someone who would have been trained as well who would have been initiated fully into practice of healing the fact that it is a calling it it it's definitely not necessarily supposed to be a particular age but then what we are trying to do to healers is that we are trying to to assist them understand that uh, you know if 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 you have to initiate a younger person there are certain laws that you need to understand and comply with and 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 probably you would need to assist and initiate who's younger you know and so that at least those initiate so that you are able to also as a practitioner as an initiation as an initiator or as a tutor you are able to understand the rights of that particular initiate so that uh, you you are always on the right side of the law so that's basically what we need to do current i mean that's what we're trying to do and inculcate a culture of ethical practice and so on but then it's difficult to say someone would have to have a particular age because those people are normally called to healing they don't choose to be healers it's unlike going to a university where you just choose out of choice to study a certain course of 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 practice you know fortunately we've we've decided that over the years you know fighting hard to maintain a profession that has for many years been you know been 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 let down we we decided that we do not necessarily have to focus on the negativity that comes with the profession but rather we need to put in uh, we need to be to have to create to 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 create and follow a certain vision and the vision that we following currently now is that we following a vision of trying to you know trying to put together a a a professional uh, practice a professional practice in that sense that it has to have clear uh, ethical practices i mean people have to have clear ethical conduct but they remain accountable to the patient accountable to the public accountable to to every other person that would like to see how it works and also to ensure that they are able to 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 put in place systems that will assist a a patient of a healer you know to 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 be treated with dignity so that at the workplace um they don't trouble someone that would have gone to a healer they understand and appreciate that you have gone to a healer who is a different practitioner from conventional medicine practice and 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 they need to respect you as a person that that sees your healer because after all in south africa the right to see your practitioner is a choice the traditional health practitioners council has been put in place it's probably about 3 years now 
In fact, its term of office is about to expire. But I heard from the workshop that we had just last week that it, it could be that the minister adds by two years, you know, to make five years so that this does not necessarily become an interim council, but also it becomes a council because it is gone, the three, the three years has just passed. Now, what, what, is pre, what is our preoccupation now with working with the council is that we are wanting to assist practitioners to register with council. Now, registration with council, if you look into, if you, if you look into the Act itself, number 22 of 2007, the Traditional Health Practitioners Act, you know, it, it, it has a lot, I mean, it requires a lot from the practitioner. Now, you need to understand that there are quite a number of dynamics and a number of limitations that as practitioners we have. Among others, the level of interest is below. Now, if minister wants us to, to register with council, um, to write him an application letter, to have all of the things that they want to accompany an application, it therefore, it therefore suggests that as organizations such as the biggest THO, then we need to make sure that we are able to live up to the game by putting in place systems that are going to assist and employing staff members that are going to be able to assist members to apply to council, have all the accompanying documents so that they remain, you know, so, so that they can be able to qualify to, to be council members. Currently, the council has not yet started registering. I'm, I'm sure they're still trying to map up. I'm sure they're still trying to find a way on how they can work with the THO so that the registration process is fast-tracked. And, and we're hopeful that they are going to also understand the importance of taking all the teachings, of taking all the advice and the wisdom that we're going to be bringing on to council so that they understand what is it that we need to look into so that we make this profession a beautiful profession. There are numerous challenges. Among others, it's uh, the fact that, uh, you know, we, we do not have the funding, the kind of funding to assist us to research and develop our own medicine. And secondly, it's the legislation that we're having. We currently are talking about Bill 6, which is a legislation that is, that is being proposed by government that does not care about a traditional healer. But what they're doing is that they're, clamb- they're clubbing both traditional medicine and Western medicine, which is a system and a form of healing that has, that has benefited immensely from all the benefits of apartheid in terms of funding and so on. And now they're trying to merge with African traditional medicine, which is just coming of age and, and needs a lot of funding and a lot of support to ensure that we have prod, uh, products in place that are well thought out, products that are of quality, products that are safe, you know, that are, that, that are used by traditional health, uh, that will be, that are products used by traditional medicine, but also products from indigenous plants of South Africa. And, and that means we don't need to be financial often to do that. In order for us to be able to arrive at that goal as an institution, as a profession, as a practice, we definitely need to ensure that we have in system, we have financial backup that does this. The other thing is that we do not have, we are not yet entering a political will from parliament, you know, from legislatures that says African traditional medicine is a system that is old, it's a system that needs uh, not to be criticized alone, but a system that needs to be supported so that when you criticize, you know you've done something to assist in the development, but there has been resistance. But currently what we're seeing is that we're seeing a lot of bombarding in terms of criticism, but there's nothing and, and very little that is being done by our politicians to assist in the development of a system that for many years has not benefited in health, in, in medicine de- uh, development. Otherwise, we're currently living in a situation where there's so much medicine apartheid in this country. And and that is why we want funding to challenge it. That is why we want to make sure that uh, when, when we have the funding, we'll have a legal instrument, we'll have 
a legal team that is that is well educated, that is understanding and passionate about indigenous systems of healthcare, that are going to assist that litigate whatsoever that we feel would need to be litigated, that we're going to be able to also lobby and advocate for our own way of life. Otherwise, we'll have a problem. And the other thing that would that the other thing that is very very preoccupying is that we need to have our own hospitals. You know. Uh, government has to fast track this. Government is to institutionalize as, as detected by the World Health Organization. It means we need to have hospitals of traditional medicine. Now, these hospitals themselves, they would need to have good quality practitioners that works in them. And to have a good, uh, a good ethical practitioner, you need to assist in the development of skills of practitioners, in capacity building of practitioners, so that at least they are able to match up the requirements of of, of, of the profession. Now, if we do not have all of that, then it becomes extremely difficult for us to do. So there's quite a lot of things that we need to do. Putting in place a system, putting in place a practice that for many years has not been, you know, supported, has not been, you know, developed the same way other sister sciences is not easy. You know, ensuring that within the SABS, we, we have enough funding to ensure that standardization of African traditional medicine does take place and standardization its terms that are understanding of African traditional medicine as just African traditional medicine, not as a, compete, uh, as a competing science, which is Western medicine. But we want our own medicine to be standardized in a format by practitioners that understand exactly how we work and our own way of life. I, I think you need to understand and appreciate the fact that what we have today as Western, as Western medicine, it has all been taken from a model of African traditional indigenous practice because we are the oldest um, model of healing in the world. You know, so what, one thing that, you know, when you talk about general practitioners, we've always for many years had general practitioners. We've always for many years had one set of, you know, the, the, the different categories of traditional medicine practice, which are not actually, you know, talked to on the, on the THP Act, on the Act that we have, which which we wanting uh, which we wanting to include in this new act as we are busy trying to amend uh, I mean in the act as we're trying to amend it. Um, when a thing comes to a healer, obviously it will be a matter of choice. If you want to go to a healer to diagnose, you know, for diagnosis, you'd have to go to a specialist healer that diagnoses. And in most cases, those are sangomas. You know, you need to go to that sangoma, or you need to go to someone that would would be doing that. Probably is is a, a general practitioner that does both diagnosis and also, you know, treatment. So or, or it will depend whether or not. I mean, it will depend entirely as to who exactly do you go to. And in in in, in registering with counsel, it will assist us because we'll be knowing and uh, as to who exactly is a practitioner. And also there will will. It will assist us because if you say you are a practitioner, you'd have to prove competency of what is it that you are really competent in so that we do not think that you are a practitioner when in actual fact you jumped into healing because you wanted some, some quick money. You know, like it's happening currently where people that are moved from their own countries because of social economic reasons, they come into South Africa and emerge as powerful healers when in actual fact they, they're robbing off our people money. Or even our own people in South Africa, you find that sometimes, you know, they cause us good healers when in actual fact they are not competent in practice. So all of those things put together, we, we, we're going to be looking into them. We're going to be working very closely with council. We are going to be monitoring how council works. We, we're going to be 
ensuring that council responds to the demands of the practitioners. We're going to be ensuring that um, for council to want healers to register with council, they need to put up um, some sort of incentives so that they assist us, mobilize and lobby healers to you know, to participate actively in the registration process. Otherwise, healers are not going to are not are not finding it interesting to register for just for the sake of registration because they feel that it's another way for government to make more money, you know, through tax pay and so on. So they want they want the government to put up some intensive in intense uh, incentives like they're doing with Western medicine so that they they, they, they see exactly what are some of the benefits of registering with council. Um, some of the very big achievements that we've, we've, we've done as the THO is that we're, we're able to mobilize about 59,000 traditional health practitioners. In the country, we've got over 250,000 practitioners. We are not yet anywhere half that. But then at least the fact, you know, we, we, we've, we've, we've done this alone, without money, without support from government, but with only donation from members and with only the registration fees that were paid by members. I think it's something that demonstrates to you that the THO has been, you know, on the right way to doing things right. And secondly, the fact that we have been able to put in place the traditional, um, the traditional health practice uh, ethics, uh, ethics, uh, ethics policy, which assists us understand, which assists you as as a as a beneficiary of traditional medicine to know exactly what are some of the benefits. You know, I mean, what what are some of the things that some of the rights, how a practitioner has to conduct himself or herself when 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 looking after you as a patient. You know, all of those things have been put by the THO and things that we have an organization which which has a base in in Johannesburg practicing in all the nine provinces, you know, working from all the nine provinces. We're doing training workshops. We're trying to develop healers' primary health care skills. You know, we, 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 we're working hard, actually. We're working hard to ensure that traditional uh, medicine practice is regarded, regarded as a practice like any other practices because we are able to, to assist traditional health practitioners with good training so that at least they work competently.